Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, I'm Christophe Malen, I'm your host, and joining me is, of course, you know, it's Il Grandissimo, and we can call him Grandissimo, it's Italian weekend on SBS. It's Dave McKenzie, how are you, Dave? I'm um, very good and very excited, and yet you're spot on. Well, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag, Italian weekend and yeah. a French weekend. Yeah, I, I can't believe Italian. you didn't say that. <laughs> but that was going to be the nugget, the mm. surprise. Ooh, you know, the, the little nugget Exactly. On the side. Uh, but before we looked at, uh, at everything uh, coming up into cycling, uh, the news came out yesterday. Uh, the Amy Gillett Foundation is no more. So before we talk about it, mm. I had a quick chat with Lisa Jacobs. She's the... Uh, then I guess former CEO of uh, yeah she's the chair or she's or the chair? no she was the chair I okay. believe well she was of, at the Amy yeah. uh, Gillett Foundation and I just had a quick chat with her to understand what happened hi Lisa and thank you for uh, for you know agreeing to to talk to us um, I guess the first question is uh, it's a, it's a very heartbreaking uh, situation I guess for you so how are you and and what happened. Thanks, Christoph, and thanks for having me. It is heartbreaking, not just for me, but for the whole Amy Gillett Foundation team and to all our supporters who have been with us every step of the way. We've been around for 18 years, and during that time, we've had an incredible impact on cycling safety in Australia, from nationally consistent Meter Matters legislation to training over 800 councillors and engineers at local government areas. We've done work that we're incredibly proud of. But the reality is that we're a not-for-profit, and it's become increasingly difficult over the years to secure philanthropic funding and private donations, uh, particularly in this economic climate. Uh, we've been fortunate to secure federal funding, like our current Safe Roads for Safe Cycling project, but that funding is due to cease and we, we have not been successful in securing additional funding to continue our work. And that means that we've had to make the difficult decision to wind up the foundation. So I understand it's, it's hard for everybody, but what does that mean from now? What's happening next? Look, uh, we are going through the formal winding up pro process now, which means we have appointed liquidators and they are going through their process. I think the, the what's next really though for cycling safety, which I think is a really important question here, is you know, we know that the work that the foundation does is worthwhile and valuable and much needed. And, you know, I would love to sit here and say that our mission is done, but it's not. Um, we absolutely need to keep working to improve cycling safety. And, and you know, our mission, which is zero cycling fatalities and serious injuries in Australia, we're not there yet. We're not, not, not there by a long way. So we're continuing to urge governments at all levels to do more to ensure that Australian cyclists can ride safely and to avoid death or serious injuries in our roads. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, again, uh, commiseration and uh, wish you all the best. Thanks, Christoph, and, and thanks to you and to SBS for supporting Australian cycling so well. I think it's in times like this that you realise how powerful our community is and how much we've done together. And, you know, I know the whole team at at the Amy Gillett Foundation, we'll be grateful for your support and your care. Thank you. So that was uh, Lisa uh, Jacobs tra talking straight uh, after the announcement. Uh, I believe that's quite an exclusive. I'm not sure they've spoken to anybody else, but let's debunk what's happened here. What are your thoughts on the Amy Gillett Foundation situation right now? It's it's not an easy one. No. So, well, I guess first thing, yeah, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. A bit terrible. Is that, I'm not sure whether that's the right descriptive word, but it's no good when a, a charity like Amy Gillett Foundation has to close the doors and fairly rapidly by the sounds of it um, because they've still got staff on the books mm -hmm. or they did have. Um, 
and a foundation that was set up. Let's remind ourselves and remind everyone listening, you know, Amy Gillett, the writer that was tragically killed in uh, Germany in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and amongst others involved in that accident, I think four other women of the Australian team, they're all on the Australian team, sev- severely injured and a few of them, you know, were life-threatening injuries for a number of days. And it involved so, a car. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it them. was a massive, massive um, sort of, you know, uh, happening in our sport at mm-hmm. that time. You know, it was, really did bring our sort of family, cycling family together. And off the back of it, it was set up by Amy's parents and her her widow, uh, Simon Gillett, in fact, uh, his Simon's uh, his surname is Gillett, and so they they called it the Amy Gillett mm-hmm. Foundation. Twenty years in existence, um, they did some great things, um, but yeah, shutting the doors. Um, it's it's probably a difficult decision, and we can hear it in in Nisa's voice, mm. and and I'm sure there's there's a lot that can be at fault uh, out there. But it's uh, I'll put it out there actually. Cause I had a chat with Kino yesterday when we broke the news, just to sort of understand and he, he mentioned something quite interesting and that's coming from Kino so I'll quote him on him or I'll, I'll try to paraphrase what yeah. he said but it was around the fact that the silver lining it's maybe it might confuse less the authorities on who to talk to because if you're a, a council or if you are an authority there's kind of so many organizations that are looking after the safety of riders is it the bicycle network is it the Amy Gillette foundation where or do cycling. you go who does or cycling yep. what's 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 the like I'm not going to say it's a positive because it's not a positive no, of no, course but, but it, there's it, a point here it's a crowded space yeah. and let's let's yeah, let's not beat around the bush the reality is you've got all these organizations who you just said we've got you know the competition body you know, they're chasing money from the government because it's there and they're allowed to chase it. Well, Lisa uh, just said it. It was impossible for them to get more funding. They mm. run out of the road. They run out of road yeah. in terms of getting funding. So they're all chasing the same dollar. Now, Oz Cycling obviously have members. You know, I'm a paid-up member. I, yep. I don't really race. But do you I, pay your membership? I do. I, I pay a membership. As a former national champion, you still you pay still your membership. You still have to. Yeah, you do. Good on you. No, but you, Good on you. You know, it's, well, you, you try and support the sport in some way, don't you? But... Um, Bicycle Network, you know, they're most known for Around the Bay in the Day and the Great Vic Bike Ride. That's their two biggest sort of money earners, I guess, that brings in the money to run that organisation. Amy Gillett Foundation obviously had the Amy Gillett Ride down in Lawn, and they used to do a week-long ride, sort of like another organisation charity that I used to work for um, called Chain Reaction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'd do a week-long ride and they'd try and raise money, you know. And, and if you were a person or a corporate or someone doing that ride, you'd promote and you'd try and raise funds saying, hey, I'm raising, I'm riding, sorry, you know, a thousand Ks over the course of the week and I'm raising money for this or I'm raising money for that. So that's how they survived. Um, that's how a lot of these organisations, charitable organisations survive. money is the name of the game. In your life, in my life, in, in a lot of people, and if you're a charity, money is name of the game. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm not debating should it be, should it not be. No. But at the end of the day, to have action, you need money. Look, yeah. And look, one thing I, I guess I can say to you is, and I'll talk about Chain Reaction, the, the organization yep. I worked for, because there's different categories of how these um, charitable organizations are set up and how they run. And 
well, first thing, if let's say you donate money, mm -hmm. Christoph, you want to donate $100 to a charity, but you want to see how legitimate this charity is and you want to see how much of that $100 flows through yeah. to the charity you're passionate about. So the, there's a website, acnfinalec.gov.au. That's where you can basically look up okay. any of the um, charities uh, and in particular the one that you want to donate money to and you can see where your money's going. You can see um, their financials, et cetera. Um, so Chain Reaction, and I can say this because it's one that I've worked for, and this is rough numbers, but effectively Chain Reaction have three, maybe four full-time staff, and I can tell you they raise about $3 million a year, mm -hmm. uh, give or take. They have three major states, um, Victoria, Queensland, New South Wales. Um, it's a week-long ride, and it's a big build-up to that, and it's corporate. It's corporate okay. money they get. So yes, they do. They they raise exceptional amounts of money, um, but they keep a really tight budget. And as I said, three full time staff, and then they have contractors. I was a contractor um, for a number of years as a as a cycling coach, but they would push through seventy cents plus and plus at on some years on good years they'd push more than seventy cents in the dollar through to the charities. Um, theirs was all about sick kids. Um, but so that just gives the listener yeah. a bit of an insight into how how it works. charities yeah. run. Um, because so, it's, it's true to say that it's not every dollar you give, the full dollar no, doesn't get to the actual aim that, of a charity. Yeah, there's not many. There are still. I think the Smith family used to be. Okay. Um, every dollar you gave, it went through because it was all volunteer based. It's so hard mm -hmm. for charities to run, but you've got to keep a really tight yeah. ship because they're becoming sort of big organizations. And it goes back to the start of our conversation. You're fighting so many other charities for that dollar. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're in competition to get that charitable dollar. So, so can we say shame. the Amy Gillett Foundation is a, is a victim of that world, is a victim of maybe people donating less, government investing differently. Uh, it's sort of a perfect storm well, around. They, they got some, they, look, they just got some, well, they they just got. I think it was last year or middle of last year. They did get some funding uh, to roll out some programs. That's obviously dried up that funding. But I don't I don't think you know to be devil's advocate. I think we're allowed to scrutinise to a degree mm -hmm. as well, or at least ask the question. Um, you know, they've they've had staff on the books a week ago, and suddenly now they're closing the doors. So how did it suddenly drastically get to that point? Yeah. Um, but I guess, I guess that's what the authorities, if there is an investigation uh, mm. put in place, that's what mm. uh, authorities will, will find out. But mm. uh, it, it's very interesting, this whole uh, inverted comma business of charities. But at the end of the day, it's, it carries a name, Amy Gillett, that is important for... Amy, Amy Gillett was sadly killed before mm. I became Australian. Yeah. Okay, but today I'm yeah. an Australian and I, f I, I, I attach everyone, to the values. Anyone, like, anyone who's had an involvement in cycling. Exactly. Yeah, so I hope, I hope the logo, I hope the badge lives on. And that's I think what I meant. For like Mary and Dennis, her parents, I think it's it's a legacy, and it should continue, even if it's even if it's just a a badge on the national team mm -hmm. jersey, because that's who she was writing for at yeah. the time. I think that would be so. Important. That brings me to another question: Should all cycling pick up where Amy Gillett was not able to to carry on the work? Well, Is that part of, of their duty? Do you uh, think should it be? There's a couple of programs. I've, I've always said Oz Cycling. And I was cycling for people who are listening and getting confused, you know, yeah. because it's easy to. Oz cycling traditionally is the peak body for competition in this country. Yeah. 
they have branched out more and more over the years because there's these, um, you know, they can put in for grants to, to do certain things. I won't go into all that because I don't know all, all of what they do. But they are the peak body for competition. Part of me says it's not their duty because they're the peak body for competition. But then the other part of it is Amy Gillett, as we said, died when she was representing exactly. the national team. So yeah. I think it would be a nice omen, a nice legacy that Oz Cycling did pick it up. And maybe not, you know, they're not maybe trying to raise millions. Um, it's more of a, you know, a, a, you know, um, shake the cans here and there or, you know, however yeah. it works, they work that out. But first things first, they say, you know what, we're, gonna, we're going to honour the legacy of Amy Gillett and Amy Gillett logo will be on our national jerseys moving mm-hmm. forward from this day forward. I think that would be a starting point. And, you know, you can sit down and have 25 meetings and not achieve much. I think that would be the easiest thing for them to achieve straight off the bat um, yep. and just to do it out of, out of respect for Amy's parents. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you come back to the, the every, how many cents in a dollar you you give and goes to the to the end game of a charity. That's exactly why I give blood. Mm. Instead of giving money, I I personally so every bit of your hard earned blood exactly goes, goes to somebody else. I hope yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's middlemen in, in between <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but at least I can assume that my blood is used for something, and you know I would entice everybody to, yeah. to also think about this. Uh, shall we talk about cycling and the world of cycling, uh, competitive cycling ahead of us? Let's I mentioned it. in a, in the title that it's a very Italian weekend. Uh, let me bring this up. But Strate Bianca is upon us. It starts Saturday with the Charlie Bunker, a woman. It's at 10 p.m., 10:05 p.m. on SBS. Oh, it's it a good be, time. Yeah, it's perfect timing. It's, it's been live time. on SBS on demand, and uh, the 10 p.m. live on SBS on demand, and 11 live on your television. I love Charlie Bunker. We debated it many times. But it's such a yeah. great race, They've, even a great spectacle for the viewer on the sofa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, there's and it, you know the debate about should it be a sixth monument. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure, but it, it's w- definitely a candidate. Whatever though. way, I don't yeah. think it actually matters because <laughs> it is just such a great race. It is it is rapidly growing in stature though, mm-hmm. and in popularity. So and let's pedal back to last year on mm. the women's race. We will talk about the men's race in, in in a minute, but let's talk about the the, the women's race last year. A bit of a argy bargy on the finish line for the SD Works last year. Yes. Could we see revenge this year? Yes, it was Demi Vollering, of course, who yep. then went on to win the Tour de France, as we know. Lotta Capecchi, who went on, she's now world champion. They remember they caught the lone breakaway, mm-hmm. Jaco, um, a Lula rider, in the last, it was that last steep hill coming into Siena. And then you thought, okay, they're two teammates. It's going to, they're going to sort out who yep. will win. They didn't. They sprinted across the line. It was photo finish. Neither rider was chatting. You can see a little snippet, actually, on the SBS Sport um, Instagram handle. So go mm-hmm. to that and have a look. You'll see it. It's quite interesting, if you don't remember. And then there were words in the press afterwards, a few expletives as well. They sorted out, and I think the team sort of went, whoa, 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 no, everything's fine. Vollering got the nod. I don't think we'll see that again from those two, I think they'll have a plan leading in. Yeah. Do, do you think that it would be Volorini got it last year, maybe Kopecky, you could get it this year if he comes to the same situation? Yeah, I think the same situation, you'd think so. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, somehow I just don't think it will. But geez, you never know. Lightning can strike twice in the same place, can't yeah. it? So, and and I don't think any of us would complain if that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that'll be interesting. And then also the men's follows by yeah. the way, and. We've got it back. We actually, SBS have got it back. We didn't have it. No, we didn't have the men. Because it was part of the, I think, the different, deal. different package. It was a different package, a different yeah. deal. Anyway, doesn't different matter. Different promoters. We've got it. We've yeah. got it back. So you've got the double banger. Um, and it's fantastic. It's a whole Stratibianke. So I would say go and buy some biscottis and some strong espressos. Have a siesta. Uh, sort of from about, yeah. maybe, maybe a late siesta, yeah. five till seven. Have your dinner at about eight. Yeah. And then you know supper around ten yeah. when the women kicks off. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, for the for the women, you just concentrating on this Demi Volloring and Lotte Kopecky. Anybody else that can do anything? There's a couple of Aussies in there. It's a, it's an interesting race for some of them. Yeah, there and is. There's one of them was leading the world tour. Yes, of course, Neve Bradbury. She she's lost the lead at the moment to I think is it Kopecky who's got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect. Look, Neve Bradbury's on this list that I'm looking at right now. I sort of wouldn't have thought she would. You're surprised? Yeah, I am a little bit. Um, I wouldn't have thought she'd be on this in this race. I hope she is. She's on the list I'm looking at. So yep. until we see it on the day, Grace Brown. Just talking about the Aussies, Grace Brown's also here. I totally expect Spratty her to be on it. Spratty's on the list. Loretta Hansen and Brady Chapman from Leedal Trek, and then Livalola Jaco. You've got Alex Manley, Amber Pate, Ruby. I I keep. Reminding myself that Ruby is still our so national young. champion. She is our national <laughs> champion, but she's still quite young. Yeah, but I feel like she's, does that even matter? Now? She's half a step away from winning a big race. Yeah, I does that even matter? Europe. Like you know, we talked about it. Well, it doesn't in the men's, does it? And it's less and less in the women's. Yeah. So yeah, why not? Let's let's. I why not throw Ruby out there? As yeah, Smokey. That... She she was pretty good in Het Newsblad, mm-hmm. um, but. She wasn't as good as the woman who won. Head exactly, Newsplan. which you know the goat. Oh my God, Marion Voss. How, uh, how incredible! Brain explosion, absolutely stunning victory for Marion Voss, and we go to the strategy okay for the men in a second. But let's focus on Ep News, but for Marion Voss, incredible, yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, and imagine, imagine the spring in her step coming into Strata now. She's you know just when we thought, you know what, she's the goat. You've done it all. You don't have to do anything else. But you're probably done, or you, you know, your, mm-hmm. your career's going to have less and less wins. She just goes bang, straight through the heart of her rivals. You think on I'm the done? Weekend, cold is done. Yeah. <laughs> so she's obviously on the list for Strata, but yeah. yeah, she's brilliant. And you know what I wanted to do? I haven't done it. I wanted to go back and look at when was her first sort of big victory? I, I suppose classic. When we, when when did she mm-hmm. hit world dominance to now? Because she's, you know, she's won the opening classic of the weekend last weekend. We're probably talking a fifteen year. I think you still had hair. She's. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I still had. Here's a swing. I still do have hair. It's just down the sides and the back. It's just you the sides and the back. Um, but yeah, she has got to be. I know we've said it, and there's these debates about it, but she has to be in terms of longevity. Longevity, mm-hmm. male or female, she yeah. has to be the greatest. Yeah. I Absolutely. I don't, I don't think totally there's I don't, else. I don't think there's even a debate. Or... No, no. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, so. 100%. So, Bianchi for the men as well. Uh, Pogacar is our man to look at. Uh, he's won it a couple of years ago. Who is, for you, a favourite for this race? Well, there's a couple. There is a couple. 
well, there's more than a couple, but one that I'll one that I'll go to straight off the bat, Pidcock. Mm-hmm. How can we not? How can we not say Tom, actually, Tom that, Pidcock? You know what? That's kind of a perfect race for him. It is. It is. He's got everything. And I was looking at some vision of him, um, uh, of him descending along the white roads. Um, was it last year? But Pogaccia, Mahoric. I think you got to put Mahoric in there. Laporte, one yep. of your faves. Uh, Ben Healy, how versatile mm-hmm. is the Irishman? He's incredibly versatile. Again, probably a race I wouldn't have thought he'd excel at because he's bloody tiny, but he, he's versatile. Um, so, look, either way, it's a, um, a whiz-bang list. Um, you know, you go down down the list. There are a bunch of riders um, and outsiders, Leonard Kemner, guys like that, maybe for Bora, but I like Kemner. Way, it's I like going Kemner. to be a ripper. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Pitcock, Pitcock is a good, it's a good pick, Mac. I think it's a, it's an interesting pick. Uh, yeah, Pitcock. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it's an Italian weekend, but you can't have an Italian weekend with a French flavor because on the Sunday it's the mighty Paris that it's Paris. starting, and you'll be behind the mic. Well Paris, yes, with the uh, Maddie Keenan, of course. Um, looking forward to that. You know what I saw the other day? Um, I haven't got the start list for it right in front of me right this second. And it, there's mm-hmm. always last-minute changes. Team Movistar, right? Spanish team through and through. One of the longest – I think it is the longest-standing uh, team in terms of management that have been yep. going uh, in professional cycling, men or women. They are, We know they've gone through some rapid changes in the last few years – Mostly because, um, obviously, Alejandro Valverde mm-hmm. retiring, um, you know, some changes here and there. Two Spaniards on the start list in that squad for Paris-Nice. So the rest are not The Spaniards. rest are foreigners. This is this is new for Maurice. This is new territory. This is massive. Yeah, it's, it's, it just shows how much they're trying to evolve um, as a team. And I just noticed that it caught my eye. Who's, who's your favourite for Paris this year? Who's, who's looking good? For? So the big talk is Remco Evenepoel mm-hmm. up against Roglic, the Battle Royale. Roglic, right? This is he's a stat about Roglic. He has won, I think, ever ever since he won the Tour of the Basque Country, going back so many years, he's won ten out of thirteen of those sort of one week or yeah, eight okay. day stage. Right? He's the king. He is the king of sort of one week stage. But races. this year he's got a different. Uh, agenda he's got one objective the Tour de France he's, he wants to disturb this whole this whole uh, battle royale between uh, Pogacar and uh, Vingegaard but same with, same with Evenepoel yeah but uh, actually we can debate this one because mm. Evenepoel I keep coming up in the media going he wants to finish a uh, top 5 would be good new, at the tour uh, at the tour yeah. yeah so it's a new it's going to be first Tour de France I'm not sure there's the same pressure on someone like Evenepoel being the first Tour de France, as if someone mate, like Roglic... Mate, go, that... to, go to our second favourite city in the world, Ghent, and ask the Flandrians <laughs> how much pressure they're putting on putting on Remco. <laughs> but um, hear me out, like, Roglic is probably one of his last chances to perform at that level. He changed team, he's changed management, he changed everything with one objective, is to be in yellow in Nice not Paris in Nice at the end of this yeah. Tour de France so does that change the attitude he may or may not have at Paris-Nice this year? No I don't think so I think because it's the same for all of them it's early season it's not the be all end all okay. if he doesn't perform but you see in in historically probably ever since Cadell Evans but my, my point France. was not so much if he doesn't perform you see, he, would, much? He be, would he pick too early? 
No, no. No. And, and, and so I'll continue that. That last sort of, excuse me, the last decade, more or less ever, I would say ever since Cadell Evans won the tour, traditionally since then, most Tour de France winners have performed well throughout the year and they've been on their A game at all the key markers. And Paris Nice is a real key marker for tour riders. Of course, ASO, it's an ASO yeah. owned event. It's well, it looks like the Tour de France, it tests like the Tour de France. And, and it's you know, the one if, opportunity out there get to do sometimes a few of the mountains, well, maybe that they and do. The tour. This year, he finishes at the same place as the Tour de France. Yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So there's a bit of a dress rehearsal yeah. here. So, no, I would say Roglic will be on. And he's that sort of guy that performs all year round. It's his first race of the year, by the way. Mm-hmm. He hasn't raced yet. So, yeah. Eventapol has. He won Vuelta Algarve. Yeah. And he won the time trial there as well. But either way, look, they're not the only two uh, to look out for. Matthias Galamuza for Lidl Trek, he is up and coming. Um, I think we should look out for him. Uh, in terms of Team J.K. Lula, Luke Plapp. Yeah. Let's see what, what Luke Plapp... Yeah. Let's see, hopefully he's recovered from that nasty crash he had uh, in January. I think it was at Tour Down Under, was it? Yeah, it was at Tour Down Under. Let's see... Where the career of Luke Plapp goes, Jay Vine was leading UAE Tour. Mm-hmm. I think he lost it on the final day in the crosswinds before the climb. But he's also got Jao Almeida for UAE. So let's see their two-pronged attack. Um, and just looking at the list, I would say that's that's the most of them. That's, okay. that's I think, in terms of riders that potentially can win the race. I think that's who we're looking at there. Of course, Roglic, we've already mentioned him. Jack Haig, Bahrain Victorious, and Paul Bilbao um, for that team. Uh, and then, obviously, we've got a smattering of, of Aussies, um, more so for stage wins, yep. sprinters, etc. What, what way, we know, though, is going to be an exciting race. So, sorry? Uh, what we know is going to be an exciting yeah. race and altogether an exciting weekend uh, on SBS. Weekend and week. And, and weekend. And then yeah. a week start, later... Yeah. First monument. Yes, Milan Sorimo. As well on SBS. <laughs> yes. So, no, no, it's all happening. It mm. is all happening. Um, yeah, I think there's, I think that there'll be a lot more news in the next week. I yeah. feel like there's, it's the calm before the storm. It is. Thank um, you, Maka. Okay. And uh, remember, we'll see or we'll hear you behind the Mac at uh, Paris But of course, before Paris, there is a Tradibunker uh, all on SBS live from SBS on demand at 10 p.m. on Saturday. Thank you, Maka. Thank you.